0: A Lifetime original podcast. There's like a two-year-old who's on Vanderpump Rules, Sheena's daughter named Summer Moon. And I would pay like probably a pretty crazy amount for Summer Moon and Conrad to have a play date. Like I just want, I gotta get them in the same (laughs)
1: room. I love a Lifetime movie. I'm out, but Keisha's in.
0: Why do mean people adopt children? The game has changed. The game has changed. Now I look at it and I go, why am I dressed like a realtor?
1: And I didn't even know how she kept making good music when nobody is
0: supporting her. And your name's Booby, so you already got an extra set of boobies. He is a
1: white man in a fedora, and I immediately said evil. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love a Lifetime Movie, Yes, I do. I am one of your hosts, Naomi Ekparagon, here striking, hanging on by a damn thread. And you know what gets me through? My co-host, the iconic, the summer haircut, but also on Struggle Street a damn self, Megan oh Talk my. to me, sis. Talk
0: what? to me, sis. I ain't talked to you this week. I know. I'm, well, I sent you a voice memo and you sent words back. And so I said, <laughs> okay and and the thing is you got to meet people where they are and you're <laughs> and you're at texting and i'm at voice memoing so i know everyone's going to be like am i listening to the the last episode conrad was sick again this is daycare and it's like honestly they should they should give you a discount the first 6 months because they're never going and then i think if you got a discount it would encourage people to keep their sick children at home because we're paying full price. You go, you got to go, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, it's like when I told you about how my high school, you got to skip a final if you had perfect attendance. So everybody went sick, like, you know, thermometers (laughs) hanging out of their (laughs) mouth, blankets wrapped around them, just trying to get through pre-calc for no reason. (laughs) So Conrad has been at home the last three days, just, you know, coughing in my face and then mm-hmm. i i kept being like oh it's baby germs that's just little baby stuff i woke up this morning
1: <laughs> so oh. sick
0: now to be fair i did drink last night but at 37 i know the difference between a hangover and a sickness and i can tell you i don't think the drinking's helping <laughs> but i have such a sore throat like a terribly sore oh, throat no. and i don't even have tonsils So for me to have, wow, yes, I just have a vacant parking lot of a throat. Wow. 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 And I had my tonsils taken out when I was 12 because I would get strep throat once a month. Holy crap. It was like so chronic for me. And my grandfather, who was a pediatrician for 50 years, said I had the biggest tonsils he'd ever seen in his professional (laughs) career. And then, (laughs) and then when they went to take. When they take your tonsils out, they take out these other things called adenoids that are like also back there. My adenoids had vanished. My tonsils had run them out of town. They'd eaten them. Pushed them out. Pushed Pushed them out. Pushed them out. Cannibalized the adenoids. My tonsils gentrified my throat. (laughs) And my adenoids said, We can't afford to live here anymore. We can't make it. They were gone. Uh Subsumed. Subsumed. I just, you know, I really, I really love my son. He's such a joy. (laughs) And, you know, this is probably a good plug for my other podcast, I Love My Kid Butt, that I host with two (laughs) very funny comedians where we just fully complain about being parents. And so if that's energy you like, skip on over there. But I really do love him. But it's like, I am just constantly yeah. battling something yeah but that's yeah, 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 yeah I yeah. guess that's life right now does that make sense you're you are you have animal children and and <laughs> a, a spouse
1: so sweet of you to even for you to even consider them in this you know that's very kind of you
0: and they have sickness
1: right and they go through it and then you're affected by it I know I know but I mean you know it's di- the need that the, the need that Conrad has when he's sick though right like I feel like if I was a parent and my kid was sick, you would very much see me in full PPE. Like, I would come there. Like, I would take care of you. But you'd be like, Mommy, why are you covered in plastic? And that's well, also why yeah. I, know I can't be a parent. <laughs>
0: like- <laughs> and the nanny the nanny came yesterday because he was feeling, he had been feeling better. We just, like, took, kept him home so he could sleep. He took a four-hour nap the day we were supposed to record where I was like, I don't have time. And then I was like, well, I guess I actually have <laughs> an oppenheimer length of time plug for that (laughs) naomi and i are in oppenheimer we're not i'm fully kidding but the nanny was masked yesterday and cj and i were like why she got a mask on and now here i am like i can't move yes yes she knew exactly i can't exactly i had two shows tonight they're canceled had to cancel them well i i'm gonna point out megan says she feels so
1: sick but she has not stopped running her mouth once. And that's what I love about Megan because she gonna push the F through. She's now taking a sip of tea. She's taking a sip of tea, you guys. Megan will push through no matter what. She's like, I am on death's door. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. And you know what that makes you? That makes you a survivor. A la Keisha Cole. Absolutely. Absolutely. You understand. Mm -hmm. Okay. Megan said, you ain't keeping me down. And that is very much the theme of this movie.
0: You are keeping me in my house. I can do anything <laughs> in my house, but to get in my car and have to go someplace, I cannot do that. I also can't get anyone sick
1: through yeah. Zoom. I know, but I'm just thinking about you with your painful throat. You know, I'm always like, I'm always saying uh, you must protect your instrument, you know, mm-hmm. to people in general. It's like, this is your, this is your work. This is your money maker. The voice, Megagilly.
0: So I want you to just like, make sure you're getting honey. You're getting lemon. I'm hu- This is honey. This is tea and honey. Okay. You want to hear something that's going to make your blood boil? One of the shows tonight was a homework show. For oh. those who have not heard our our topic about homework shows, that's when you have to do homework outside of stand-up to prepare for a show. Mm-hmm. And so it was a homework show. And guess what? I'd already done the homework. I'd made a, power, uh. I'd made a PowerPoint about Daisy Duck erasure. No. Yes.
1: <laughs> so that's real homework. That was a real assignment wow i
0: i I found out daisy at one point was suicidal what yeah in the 1940s okay now
1: this is a spinoff this is a separate this is a separate (laughs) podcast then we've got to get into the history of that because i have questions but quite honestly you've got to stay on task because we are giving you non-stop coverage of black music month with the lifetime premiere of keisha cole this is my story now yes Keisha called This Is My Story is Keisha's Story, okay? Because this is a biopic that follows Keisha through her early days in Oakland honing her musical talents to her rise as a multi-platinum selling recording artist and television personality. And I'm telling you, Keisha plays herself, okay? So this is her story on every kind of level. And it's a story of tragedy, love, and overcoming obstacles to achieve your wildest dreams. And it premieres Saturday, June 24th at 8 p.m. only on Lifetime. So you know what? We're going to get into it. Now, okay, this is a movie that I will tell you this. As someone who did not know Keisha Cole's backstory, this really told you everything, but there was a lot to cover because you're watching her own career, but also her family dynamics. And the movie kind of goes in two-year increments, basically, because so much happens, and it shows you the changes and the growth in Keisha's life. But the biggest undercurrent and the true crux of this story is... Her relationship with her mother, who is an active drug addict, who goes in and out of rehab as her daughter builds up this amazing music career.
0: And I think we know from being daughters and also from being lifetime savants that the mother-daughter dynamic is ripe with strife. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm, Everything, mm -hmm. everywhere, all at once. The Academy Award-winning film from this year, Mother-Daughter Dynamic. You know, Steel Magnolias. So the, the, the list goes on. And to add onto it as well that one of the people in that dynamic struggles with addiction only makes that, I think, that relationship all the more beautiful at moments and then also all the more heartbreaking. Well, I'm going to say this, right? Her
1: mother is played by the iconic Debbie Morgan, okay? Black Triss extraordinaire Debbie Morgan. And she left no crumbs. She really said, oh, every scene I need to be turning it up. Every yeah. scene, I'm either at like a high, a manic high or a low, low. And like, and even when I'm trying to be good, it's like not quite right. Like,
0: every scene, Debbie ain't playing. She ain't playing. And I loved that she was in most of the movie. So it's like they, yeah. they made a great yeah. choice to center it around that relationship. I also thought it was such a good depiction because it's like, I leave the movie, despite all the things that happen, going, she is my favorite character. Mm. And you may go, oh, oh the, the addict who really makes her children's lives more difficult. But it's like she portrays her in a way of like, listen, I am a fun, cool mom. I just have <laughs> demons. And so it's like she is not the demon. She is a wonderful woman who had to make really difficult choices because of her addiction, but she's still like a bright light in the movie. Is that crazy of me? Well, I
1: definitely disagree. Okay. Um, but maybe I could also say this as someone who had a, who has a parent who is an addict. So that could also be playing in, but it's like her, but mom, because here's here's one of the big things in the movie, you guys, is that like, as Keisha's coming up, she is constantly bringing her family in, right? Mm-hmm. So And so I think where I was upset with the mom was these moments where it's like, so, for instance, Keisha Cole, which I didn't know, she had several reality shows. And the family would be centered in the re- in the reality shows. And, you know, obviously that, that means they would be getting paychecks. Like, family was on payroll. Yes. And initially, the first reality show, it is when her mother has come out of rehab, right? So they think they're getting, you know, it's about rebuilding, but mom is ostensibly clean. And then changes that. And then is, like, out here trying to do her own reality show separate. You know what I mean? Like, that's where it was like, oh, like, she can't keep her chaos. No. Like she's she gets very mean. She gets very mean and she's like
0: trying to like get hers and you're like, But Keisha is literally keeping you alive. Yeah, it's very selfish. It's a you know, could you could even chunk it up to being a selfish disease in and of itself. But I also go, Well, should you have your mother immediately on a reality show fresh from rehab? And and the thing is, as a viewer, yeah. yes, you know, I'm watching the of Housewives. I'm, I'm I'm watching Luann get arrested, go to rehab, come home, and I'm saying, "Give me, re- give me more." <laughs> but like, I do think they would. I think the rehab place would go. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit more quiet existence yeah, for the first yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, But you know, you got bills to pay. Now, how much did you? I I and I'm like embarrassed to say this. I didn't know much about keisha cole's career at all i knew her music like i knew
1: obviously all the like the hits you know the play, like, played on the radio but i didn't know like the backstory i didn't even know the hits well megan this is what this movie is for this is yeah. the story and now you know you know yeah. she has 47 jobs and has done her best i mean she was also like a hustler from the moment she was like a kid because mm-hmm. basically she grows up in foster care and this is the other the other thing though so like because of her mom's drug addiction, she was raised by another family, she, mm-hmm. it was an adopted family. And the woman, Yvonne, who
0: is the adopted mom, she was like really mean to her Yeah, when she was younger. And I wrote in the notes, why do mean people adopt children? But then, <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, does like does this type of needing to raise other people's children make you? mean well right I mean this is because that's the thing because we do
1: end up seeing Yvonne later in the movie right we kind of see her in the beginning when Keisha's young and then later she's like yes I will take care of the baby and I'm here to support you and so you're like okay maybe it is that feeling of because because it seems like what you get is that Yvonne is frustrated that Keisha keeps going to her mother because even when mm-hmm. Keisha's like a teenager she's taking what little money she has and giving it to her mother so that she'll like buy food for herself and stuff. So she's been taking care of her even before she had anything to give. And I think Yvonne is like, stay away from her. But I think when you see it initially, right, like I I only kind of got that by the end of the movie because in the beginning, I was like, Yvonne, Yvonne, would you
0: lay off of this girl? Yeah. So the movie, when we open in Oakland, it's 1997. And this is beyond unrelated to the film. But her (laughs) and her then boyfriend and, and, you know, they're like teen loves. We're talking like, I thought they were 12, but apparently they were 17. I know me
1: too. I thought they were young. They
0: were much younger. So her uh Keisha and her like, you know, teen boyfriend are sitting on a stoop of a house. And all I kept thinking is, I wonder how much that house is worth now because <laughs> the Bay Area real estate is some of the most yes. expensive yes. in the country even the world yeah I mean like we're down here complaining in LA and it's like oh you go to San Francisco and you're like what and I know Oakland has like just blown up in in that yeah yeah yeah, so I even when we're watching these films I can't help but wonder has inflation touched everything everything we see absolutely absolutely when you
1: were a little kid did you know and would you say to people, I want to be an actor or I want to be
0: a comedian or anything like that? Mm, not really. I mean, I when okay. I was like younger and then I think I got to a point where I almost felt ashamed of that or that was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's not going to happen for you. Like I was almost like embarrassed. So then I phased out of it and then I phased back into it. But when did you how old were you when you phased out of it? Probably like 16. Okay. Yeah. All right. That kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. And then I phased back in at like 18. So,
1: you know. I like I mean, starts, okay. You know. Okay. So because so, <laughs> I was like, because the thing is what I get from like, what made me ask you that question is like, you know, there's a moment in the movie where Keisha, she like gets up in church in front of everybody. It is like, I want to be a singer and I want to use my gift to save my family. And I was like, you know, and we always see these moments in biopics, this idea that someone was like, I knew from a very early age, I wanted to be a star. Yeah, And I will say, when I was younger, I definitely did. Like, I was somebody who, you know, I grew... I would say, like, the 90s were the time of black TV shows. So I grew up being like, that's what I want to be. I was like, put me put me on a different world immediately. Sister, sister. Yes. I was like, I want to be a singer. Like, I would, I would sing all the time, top of my lungs, like, do all that kind of stuff that I was like, this is what I want to do. And then I think... Maybe I actually stopped saying it or feeling it as I got to college, maybe. But there's a moment I I talked on the pod about that moment where I was in high school and there was a teacher, we had a hip hop teacher who would work with a lot of famous musicians. So she was like connected. And I one time said to her, I was like, can you help make me famous or something? And she was like, what do you do? I was like, I sing. And she was like, do you? And then everybody in the class was like, oh yeah, yeah, she can sing. And she was like, sing for me. So I sang I turn to you by Christina Aguilera if that's in wow. a time capsule. Oh wow. In the next class she came and she gave me a number of a producer. She was like I told him about you and he says he really wants to work with a young person that he can mold and like somebody at your age whatever. And it was funny though because what we also learned in that thing cuz she goes come here. She she was like at the piano and she goes sing sing this note. And I couldn't sing the notes back to her. Like, I literally Mm. can sing what I hear.
0: And then she goes, girl, you
1: gotta get "Get some voice lessons. She goes, get some voice lessons. And then talk to this person. So I started taking voice lessons. But I remember going to my mom, being like, look, yay! And she was like, what, so you think you're just gonna, like, leave high school and be a singer? Oh, absolutely not. Like, she was like, absolutely not. We're not doing this. We're shutting this down. And that was kind of the
0: end of that. I didn't know you could sing. I can't I can't sing as well now, <laughs> but I definitely could back then. Well, I bet you can. I don't think that's something you lose. Uh, I
1: you know what it is? Cause you know I developed asthma and stuff. I feel like I truly mm. don't have the lung capacity the way yeah. I used to. Yeah. But there's like a thing where like when I was like sixteen, seventeen, I was like, I was
0: like, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it. And then it was yeah. like no. You were also in New York City. Like it felt, you know, I went to one of those where it was like agents are in town and this is Indianapolis. So it was like basically like a ruse. And my friends were like, (laughs) no, Megan. But like we went and then they were like, I think this is a pyramid scheme. So that's, you know, that was what I was. But I, I, I heard some like figure somewhere and I'm going to get it wrong where it's like, When we were growing up, like 15% of kids were like, I want to be famous or like, I'm going to be known. Mm. That's like what I'm going to do, which is like pretty high because obviously that's not what's going to happen. And now (laughs) it's up to like 80% because of the internet and social media and tick. So it's like, yeah, you can just make yourself into a star from anywhere in the world. Yeah. Except if you do stand up comedy. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Megan and I discovered, we realized uh, fairly recently that we made a mistake by trying to be good at stand up because that's actually not where the money is. Um, and it's like the game has changed. The game has changed. But if you and I were TikToking, if we were 20 years younger and TikToking, we'd be stars. We'd yeah. be
0: stars. Well, but like I am TikToking, and the people are like, um, you're really bad. That's the feedback I'm getting on TikTok. <laughs> I'm like oh okay well, uh. I guess I'm bad I, I guess as I sit here in my house that stand up comedy bot I need to actually look in the mirror and go I am bad and I should stop <laughs> this is you're getting sick Megan sick Megan is not well in the head either uh, sick Megan is not optimistic but you know I'm feeling it but
1: I will say this okay to obviously bring it back to the motion picture we're discussing you know of course we're we're talking about like you know we're being negative Nancy's but You know, what what you get in this movie is the sense to which Keisha Cole said it's me. Like she was betting mm-hmm. on herself when no one else was. She basically gets a check from social services when she turns eighteen. I'm not sure why. I did mean to look up the legality of that. If it's thank like, you. If you're in the foster care system, I guess like once you hit eighteen and it's like okay, the family doesn't care for you anymore. We're gonna give you something to get you started. But great. I don't know. But she gets a check for fourteen thousand dollars and she uses that to
0: move to L. A. in 1999. Okay, so fourteen grand. That's like thirty grand. Now, I mean, that's a lot for an eighteen-year-old. Who's never of had course. any money to get. Exactly. But then it looks like she's staying in like a motel type of apartment. Yes. But I think a lot, of,
1: a lot of these places in LA, a lot of apartments in LA look like motels.
0: But the inside <laughs> you know? was a motel room. But it's giving studio apartment. Oh, is that it? Well, yeah, because I was like, I don't think this is a good use of money to be paying I, I nightly. Know. I was very worried. I know. Of The finances. And I think there's also this thing too is like, Yes, we're being cynical about our own careers, but I think that's because we know how hard it is. And like yeah, you come from a, a loving mom. I come from two loving parents. Now they're not in the business, so you're already set behind right. there. But Keisha's right. coming <laughs> Keisha's coming from a situation that's way, way more difficult right. than ours to right. launch right. herself into Hollywood. And and she did it. And so yes, we're being Negative Nancy's But it's just to show Like She did make this happen Based on her yes. own Will and talent Yeah And that is something yeah. To be celebrated Even though the movie Has Some darker themes Exactly Exactly I mean She's basically
1: Calling up record labels Being like Will you listen to my demo I mean old school right Cause this is pre-cell phone honey She on yeah. the landline In her apartment Saying I'm Keisha Cole Can I say you my demo
0: Is this Death Row Records? This is Keisha Cole can I speak to Marcy
1: Phillips? She doesn't work there anymore.
0: I told my cousin if you call not tell you. I
1: no, know. he doesn't know me. Did she just take one more meeting today? I know I owe you. I'ma pay you. Can I just leave my demo in the lobby? And then she goes to a party where she meets a producer. His name is Ron Fair, a real guy. He is a white man in a fedora, and I immediately said evil. Like, did you? I literally saw him and was like, oh, he's gonna be the person who ruins her. <laughs>
0: He's a white man in a fedora. Yeah, and she met him at a party where everyone was black and then he's white in a fedora and so it is like <laughs> obviously multiple red flags. And you just whenever whenever like a anyone meets a man in Hollywood, you go, "Well, a predator, you yeah. know, and. and exactly. <laughs> and that, we're, at this point, we're just invested in Keisha and don't want her to be hurt.
1: Exactly. But we also have seen a lot of these biopics. We know how it goes. So we're like, uh oh, uh oh, is this gonna be the thing? Yeah. But basically, she gives him her demo, but then she also sings for him at the party. Oh, I love a dramatic singing moment where she like silences the room. The whole room hushes as Keisha sings. Here's CD. <laughs> Thank you. I can't wait to, to listen to it.
0: Well, you don't have to.
1: With a voice like that, a, a record deal is definitely in your future. But then it takes like a couple of years. He basically finds her in 2004. So I think we're like roughly 2002-ish. And then in 2004, he finds her braiding hair at a hair shop. And is literally like, I,
0: I've been thinking about you ever
1: since we met. I want to offer you a deal at AM Records.
0: And she's like, I've been here the whole time. <laughs>
1: I know. But then again, because again, he's in the fedora in that scene too, where he tells her, like, I want to sign you. And I said, Oh God, take the fedora off. But he does say, he's like, because she's like, Oh, good. I'm like, literally, he pulls her outside to tell her this. And she's like, I'm going to go quit. And he's like, No, no, no. Don't quit your job. Get a lawyer. Like, to look at your kind. I go, Okay, okay. Then Ron might be good. If Ron's telling you to get a lawyer, he might be a good person. Yeah. Because he's not trying to ruin you. But then another man in the hair shop is like, I'm a manager and I can get you a gig. And his name is Manny.
0: Well, then why weren't any of you helping? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm like, I, oh, uh, oh, so the keys to the kingdom were just sitting right here.
1: I know, I know. Somebody comes in saying, I'm assigned you to A&M.
0: He's not a predator either.
1: I know. It was, again, it was any time a man showed up being like, I can help you. I had to Google them. I had to say, who were they? What have they done to her? Like, as because, I'm watching the movie. Because yeah. I just needed to know if they were gonna, like, steal all of her money or something. So now... Basically, getting signed with A&M is basically, you know, the start of it. Keisha's popping off. She's starting to blow up. The song, her first her first single's a hit. And as this is happening, she is now, because here's the other thing, too. Keisha has sisters, but they grew up kind of living in different houses. And especially, you see her sister, Nephi, when she's younger. And Nephi, I would say Nephi and the mom are cut from the same cloth in terms of being very mean and very loud in every scene.
0: Nephi's at a 10? At a 10. And, and Nephi is probably what CJ sees I am when we are fighting. Cause he's always like, put your hands down, stop moving your neck. And I am a white, white woman from Indianapolis. No, Nephi has lived a life, seen some shit, a black woman from Oakland. So I actually should not be moving my neck the same way. But Nephi honestly was a bit of, co- of a cautionary tale to me to go, well, maybe not everything needs to be a 10. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But basically, so
1: it's Nephi and Elite. Those are Keisha's two sisters. And they're like close now and they're all getting ready because Keisha's having an album release party. And Keisha's like trying to get her mom on the phone. She's invited her mom to the party. You know, she still wants her mom to be part of it. And Nephi was like, let it go. Mom is never going to be the one. And you can, but you can see too, Nephi's at a 10, but Nephi is a prime example to me of somebody who needed some therapy. She mm. has so much rage and resentment from growing up. Because she even even when she's a kid, she says to Keisha, like, well, you light-skinned, so you get to be with a nice family. That broke my heart. That's real. And you grow up with that feeling of, like, not only does our own mother not want us, but then when we get separated, you go to, quote-unquote, the better house.
0: Society doesn't either. Exactly. Yeah. Like, Nephi got a
1: lot on her shoulders. Nephi got a lot on her shoulders.
0: I, I thought, so Nephi represents that, which I think is, like, probably a very real level of anger and resentment and then Keisha represents the the child that's like I think I can change mom you know that that hopefulness <laughs> yes. and then Elite yeah. is younger I believe and seems almost like I don't know mom
1: and yes. and yes.
0: so like I know you guys are mad at her but like I wonder if she remembers me and I think I actually think this was like a really good representation of all the different ways children can feel about they parents who struggle yeah. with a wide range of issues.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. So, you know, there's the moment where Keisha's having the album release party and she wants to thank her mom. And I said that was very generous of you to thank the woman who was never there for you. But Frankie's yeah. not at the party, but she shows up after the party. But she's yeah. also looking healthy.
0: Like, you'd think she might be okay, maybe. No, and she didn't show up at the party and, like, mess it up, but I do think she was supposed to be there earlier. Yes, yes. I, I This is all in Atlanta, and so I do like how it's like, I'm going to Hollywood, and then it's like, well, now I'm going to Black Hollywood. Like, it's like, Keisha <laughs> Cole, in the words of Candy Burris, she's worldwide, and that is mm-hmm. Hollywood in Atlanta, because you don't <laughs> really need to go that many other places. Now, Keisha plays herself in this movie, and there are some really interesting styling choices. I know we're going back in time. And so in some ways, it's a capsule. There is also, there's some hair choices. And and I know we remember this time, these were popular hairstyles. But at one point, she has this like orange, red, kind of short, short hair. It's giving mullet. It's giving mullet. Then with like streaming fire engine red extensions out the back of it. And it is a wonder to behold. It's 2005. When you say time capsule, I say
1: time capsule. I yeah. said, I know this look. Like, I know she pulled these from the vault. She said,
0: What were the iconic looks of the time? What did I wear to my album release? And I, I, that would almost, that would actually be kind of hard. You know, like if they said to me, Megan, we need you to get into your jumpsuit you wore to JFL, I'd go, Oh my God, I cannot <laughs> believe I dressed like that. But at the moment, I was like, I'm a 10. And now I look at it and I go, why am I dressed like a realtor?
1: (laughs) Of course, things don't go well with mom because even though she seems like she's doing good, the next morning, Keisha's maid finds drugs in the house, in the room mom is staying in so they end up having an intervention with her to send her to rehab and the same way you couldn't stop thinking about the cost of a house in Oakland from 1997 i'm looking at the house Keisha's in after her album is a hit and i was like i didn't even think you could get a nice house off of your first album cuz all we've been seeing you know when you hear the TLC story and you hear the Salt and Pepper story is about how all the groups get shafted on that first album and it's not until like the second or the third one that they start to like actually get their money yeah. So I was like, wow, I didn't know Keisha could get a mansion already.
0: So this is the thing, these are the things that are taking my brain hold. <laughs> Solo artist. Also in okay. Atlanta. So the dollar yeah. goes further. Yeah. No. I was shocked Keisha's manager, the one that we met at the barber shop. He's at the intervention. Yeah, he's involved. Manny's involved. He's in the family now. That's a lot. I feel like if I was Keisha's mom, I'd be like, "Does Manny need to be here?" like <laughs> I don't. I don't know. It just seemed it seemed a little like come one come all for an intervention that I don't know, some of it too is like we're seeing the portrayals of of these of these people on these people's teams and we also have teams. And so you go, well, I wouldn't have Anne at my dad's I intervention. I think Anne would be very uncomfortable <laughs> with that. <laughs> and your dad would be uncomfortable with that. My dad would go, who is this? And I go, dad, Anne, Anne. And he go, I don't know Anne,
1: Megan. <laughs> okay. Now our next big moment, you know, yeah, we've already talked about you know Keisha having her reality shows on BT, but in 2009, we our big moment had is she meets an NBA player yep. named Daniel. Uh-huh. But his friends call him Booby, yes. And when he says that, I'm out, but Keisha's in. And they become they're it. They're it. The
0: couple. This is her man. This is He is the one to her. Yeah, what is his name? I gotta look him up.
1: I know, they only call him Booby in the IMDb, and I'm like, can you please?
0: Gibson. Okay, his name is Daniel Gibson. So I was looking at Keisha's Wikipedia, at, sort of following along while I yes. was watching the movie, because I wanted to, you know, have all the info. And so I said to CJ, I go, do you remember an NBA player named Daniel Gibson? And he goes, no. And then he goes, oh, Booby. And I was like, yeah, that's actually it is Booby. And he was immediately like, yeah, of course I know Booby. He played on the Cavs. And so he played with the first iteration of the LeBron Cavs. And so when I brought him up, CJ said, Oh, yeah, he didn't, he couldn't win a title. So like even CJ was coming with his own booby judgment to to the movie. <laughs> booby didn't have what it took. What I thought was interesting, though, was like, and this is
1: this is actually, you know, if, if I was doing film, if I was doing a historical film analysis, what is interesting? So she gets a booby, right? Then they have their own reality show together. But what's interesting is that you have this person who now we know has had multiple reality shows, and then still puts out a movie called This Is My Story. Uh huh. And, and I'm very curious as to how, you know, was the is there a feeling that like the reality shows told something different. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause you would think she's already told us her life by letting yeah. cameras in to these reality shows. And then here we are in 2023 and she's like, I, there's more here, you know what I'm just like? And I wonder if it is like, again, this, you know, more of the emotional reality of her relationship with her mother. Right. Obviously this is scripted, but I'm right. wondering if we're getting more than you would have gotten in a reality show.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing they tried to put like kind of their best foot forward for the reality show. Mm-hmm. And and I do think they probably dealt with the mom's struggles. Because, you know, when she was pitching the reality show, it was about, like, we're going to be honest and stuff. But I know from watching reality, that's not really <laughs> the truth. You know, so I would actually like a biopic of every reality show. <laughs> but because we see <laughs> at one point, like, her and Booby are having dinner. And you're seeing the cameras and they're sort of having a produced conversation. And he's like, I don't want them in here. And I think that really happens. And reality TV, it puts a strain on relationships. Like a lot of reality TV stars are estranged from their parents. It does end up causing strain for the children of the reality stars. The relationships, like there's very few that make it. Through this, well, this was the whole thing, right? Like, this is the problem because it's like it's like Ke-
1: Daniel's like, I want to stop this, right? And so Keisha's like, okay, let's stop the show, but because her whole family's on payroll, they're mad about it. Frankie and yes. Nephi are pissed when she is like, I'm finally saving money for my son to go to school and all this kind of stuff where it's like, that's the other thing too. I don't know if the whole family should be on your payroll, like on the come up. You know what I mean? That's where you can, that's how those relationships fracture. It's already bad enough when other people are taking 10% for no reason. But then the person where you're like, hey, do you love me? Or are you just here because you'll get paid to be here? You know, like with your parents and siblings.
0: I think this gets talked about a lot in black family dynamics, especially like athletes. And I always, Mm. I feel like I hear especially white people, be very judgmental of it and be like, oh, well, they hired their cousin. And it's like, okay, but white people do that too. You know, like you hire people or you take care of people who are closest to you and that you feel safest with. So yeah, the family being on the payroll, it complicates everything, absolutely. It complicates everything. Because I think especially because...
1: Again, because what this movie does do a good job of showing you is how desperate Keisha is to save her mother. And so part of the payroll is helping her mother. Because at one point, y'all, Frankie had a radio show and was giving advice. And I said, Frankie, that's her mom.
0: I was like, Frankie, I don't know if you need to be giving advice. Fresh from being in jail for two years, which I'm like, wow, this is a great pipeline. Jail to syndicated radio show. And it's like all because she's Keisha Cole's mom. Exactly.
1: But I think that's that's the trouble you have where it's like, I get you want to keep mom close. And you think that if you keep her busy, that's gonna help her not do those things, right? And and that that is where it is. Cause I think you can have like I'm one of my cousins, I love her to death. If I ever became famous and needed somebody, I put her on payroll in a heartbeat. Cause I know yeah. she know how to just like work. She would keep stuff great. together. And she would tell me when I was looking busted. And that's yeah,
0: what you really want when you have family actually, around you. Someone who goes, "Right, don't say that and don't wear that. And that's what you're paying for. Someone who's willing to tell you no. Yeah, there's exactly. a there's a real housewife of Atlanta right now, Sonia, and she's a former Olympic star, and her parents, sister, brother-in-law, and their two kids all live with her and her husband. And they do, like, work for her, but you see that, like... She was like, hey, my husband wants you to move out. And the sister got pissed and like stormed out. And was like, I don't think you realize how much I do for you. And so now she's in a fight with not only like an employee, but also her sister. And so then you're going to be bringing up shirts you guys borrowed in 2000. You know, it's just like (laughs) way more, way more layered. I can't imagine being in business with my brothers. They, I think. And they're, like, savvy. I was going to ask you, would either of you. I know. I was like, would you, would you take either of them with you? Yeah. One's a lawyer. One's a realtor. I definitely, like, consult them and ask mm-hmm. them questions and stuff. I don't think they'd want to be in business with me. I think they'd go, I'm not working <laughs> for my little baby dum-dum sister. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's take a quick break. But before we do, I just need to step on the fact that you guys make Megan... it is sick right now. She has been caring for a sick child. She can barely breathe. And she has never been funnier to me. Okay? So as we go to break, I want you to think about what a professional she is and how lucky I am to have her in my life. Wow. We'll be right back. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
0: And we're back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I oh, thought that boy. was a good time to take a break because we have two big bombshells I found that happened right after this, which is that Keisha finds another woman's panties in her <sighs> bed. Keisha
0: finds another woman's panties in her bed, and then Booby blames her. Well, yeah, she she's her. like, Bo- Booby, you're not even on the road. Like, I, I assumed. <laughs> When you were on the road, you were cheating, but like you're at home in my house. You're not even. Yeah. Yeah. uh, And you, and your name's Booby. So you already got (laughs) an extra set of boobies. (laughs) And he's like not that good at basketball and not that high at like, Sorry, those are just the facts. I know,
1: rude, rude. And he's like, he's like, well, you don't spend
0: time with me, Keisha. It's like,
1: no, booby, you need to stop. There's nothing I think is more terrible than a man getting caught and then trying to make it the woman's
0: fault that he did something dirty. And she brings it up, and I think it's a very valid point. You knew who I was when you married me. When you met, I was Keisha Cole. They met at, in the movie, That's at true. least at a photo shoot, where yep. she is a a-list singer. Yeah, and he yep. is maybe got drafted. So it's like, (laughs) yeah, you married a famous woman. So the time, that's going to be one of the sacrifices.
1: Right. So that happens. Then the next one, and immediately, Okeisha's like, I want a divorce, which I love. I'm like, don't stay. It's like, you got your own money, get out of here. But then, she goes over to Nephi's house, and she finds Frankie and Nephi Shooting their own reality show. And I just felt so bad for her in this moment because it just felt like she was on her own out here. Keisha was on her own the entire time.
0: Yeah, for your family to go behind your back on like a business thing, I think is really messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, they're taking advantage of their relationship with her. And it's like, and those like,
1: you wouldn't even have this opportunity if not for her. No, She says she didn't want to do it, so you decided to just go do your own thing. And then, of course, it doesn't even last because mom is using again and it's so volatile. They're like, we actually can't film any of this or use it, so (laughs) this is not going to happen. But, like, Nephi is so mean to her, too. So I just felt like, I was like, I can't. I really, really, really can't. I found, like, Keisha is on her own, and I just felt very bad for her. And I didn't even know how she kept making good music when nobody is
0: supporting her. Yeah, I did wonder watching this how her real sisters were going to feel about their portrayal.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you also get, because the movie opens with her walking into Frankie's funeral, her mom's funeral. Yeah. And you see in the moment that she's like, oh, well, I guess we finally get together again. Her and her sisters, because it takes you a bit to put together who these people are to each other. And so you know, okay, some time has passed since they talked. And then you see this moment, and I go, you know what? I understand, Keisha. I understand
0: why maybe some time has passed. Right. So Booby is in her rear view mirror, and and she's out one night. I believe she's at a a poetry jam, is uh, the energy I'm getting. (laughs) And she meets a young man, 23 to her 37 and his name is nico kale Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there is an extra h in that last name so it is not the lettuce Mm -hmm. but pronounced as the lettuce now i wrote down is he a slam poet because he is like he's like maybe rapper slash poet he is a he's using his words to yeah to perform in some way and they end up having a baby together. This is again, this is what I mean when you
1: there's too much to cover in a biopic. Because I was kind of like, wh- it was never clear to me why him in this moment, right? Like cuz obviously they meet and I get being attracted, like thinking someone's attractive, but because he is younger and she's got so much going on, And one of the things, too, is that, like, you know, what she really does want is that nuclear family. A a running theme is how she always wants, like, to be home for dinner and everybody around the table. You know, growing up in foster care, growing up with volatility, that's what she wants. Which is why I was like, but
0: he's 23. I don't know if he could be the one to give you that right now. You know, what I mean? just because he's a young guy. No, and 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 basically, it's like he's maybe thirty seconds to the movie, despite having a child with her, because he comes home one late, very late one night, and you get the sense that this is sort of what he always does. And they have a baby, so you can't do, you know, like she's a very successful woman. You can't just leave any woman flapping in the wind alone. I think Nico is jealous of her, and uh-huh. I think the things that attracted him to her also led to him being jealous of her. Mm-hmm. I did look up Nico on Instagram. I okay, That's cool. highly suggest. Um, it is wild, <laughs> which then led me to their baby. Tobias, who's only three. So this is like pretty recent. Tobias, baby Tobias is three and he has 95,000 followers, the baby. Okay, wow. Okay, wow. This goes back to you and I being in the wrong line of
1: work, you know, and not having the contacts because he's not. he doesn't have to put up reels. He doesn't have to go on
0: TikTok. He just got 95, okay? He's really cute and it does seem, and, and I saw also that Nico makes really beautiful posts about Keisha on Mother's Day. So it seems like they are co-parenting, at least Mm -hmm, from like mm -hmm. Instagram. But also, I know someone who looked like they were co-parenting really well on Instagram. And the mom DM'd me and was like, it's not what you see. And I said,
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, also, why does she, like, did you comment something that made her DM you?
0: No, no, it's just like- Oh, okay. When you have babies around the same time as some other gals, you end up, forming kind of a relationship and a bond with them even Uh if you're not necessarily friends outside of that because you're going through the same like oh when did you Mm -hmm. sleep train is he eating oh my god look they're walking so it's like these milestones that you feel like you're kind of sharing with these other people I see I see
1: that makes sense that makes sense so it's just like yeah that conversation but also I love now are you following baby Tobias or did you just take a peek no I just took are you gonna add him to your list baby Tobias I just
0: took a peek but maybe I will follow he's really cute He's got like a little ponytail and like he has like little jackets and he's always celebrating his birthday. I think Conrad should follow him. Great. That needs to be the vibe. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You know, (laughs) there's like a two year old who's on Vanderpump Rules, Sheena's daughter named Summer Moon. And I would pay like probably a pretty crazy amount for Summer Moon and Conrad to have a play date. Like I just want, I got to get them in the same
1: room. Oh, my gosh. So after this, Frankie is now self-checked into rehab, She, which is a big step that she's done it herself. Because it seems like every other time, like, obviously, there was the intervention. Then she goes to jail. You know, then it's, like, you know, court mandated. So this is her checking in. And Yvonne, Keisha's adoptive mother was like hey I think I might have found your bio dad and that's also something that Keisha had wanted to know from an early age and her mother would never tell her her mother was like I don't know it doesn't matter so then Keisha has to go visit Frankie at rehab basically being like I think it's like maybe to get like a DNA sample or get the okay to like give this information there's some reason why she needs to tell her mom and you know and basically is kind of talking to her mom about like you know why'd you go to rehab you didn't tell me everything else you know and, and and Frankie's basically like, you know, I had to do this myself. I had to go with myself and I, need, I want to get these demons off my back. And, you know, and Keisha's like, you know, well, what about me? And Frankie says something that to me, it's right out of like an old black lady playbook. She goes, Keisha, you walked through the lion's den with a pork chop on your back and you've been all right. Because God got his hands on you. You walked through the lion's den with a pork chop on your back and you've been all right. And I said, if that ain't a phrase, if that's mm-hmm. not poetry, move over Nico. Okay? Because Frankie's got the poetry. But it's also like, it's oddly True. moving. Right. Yeah. It's like oddly moving in that moment because it is like a wild sentence. But it's also like, that's all you've seen in this movie. It's like, Ke- yeah. Keisha literally got herself out of foster care, moved out on her own, made herself a star. And then it like made it so
0: that she could give opportunity to everybody in her family. Yeah, and when her and Nico break up, she has this revelation of like, I need to find happiness and peace from within myself. I've been searching for it. From external factors and it's not happening. You know, I have the career, I yeah. have the baby, I've had the the husbands and the and and that's that hasn't filled it. And she has this really heartbreaking, but I think beautiful moment where with her mom where she's like, You gave you didn't want me, basically. And her mom's like, I did want you. It was gonna be better for you and your life if I was not in it. And I think mm-hmm. that is so hard. And so honest and I do think there are parents that feel that way that do give up their children but I I fully understand why the child perceives it as like you didn't want me or I wasn't a good enough reason for you to change your life. Right. Ugh. Right, exactly.
1: Exactly. I mean, so this brings us to 2021 when they're celebrating little Tobias's birthday, which I mm-hmm. guess would have been his first birthday at this point since we all know IRL 3. Okay? And she seems to be doing well and she literally is like I'm about to be 61 or something. And she's like, I'm getting better. And, you know, she has her own apartment that Keisha set her up with. And you think she's on an upswing. And then we see her using and she overdoses and passes on her birthday, on her own birthday, not on Keisha's birthday, her own birthday. And I mean, if nothing, if that's not gutting, I mean, no. I don't know what is. And that brings us back to the funeral we saw in the opening scene, yeah. and it's
0: like, oh my god, oh my god, the heartbreak. Yeah. At the at the very end of the movie, there's a title card about fentanyl and fentanyl awareness, which makes me believe that her mom probably died because it was of drugs laced. that was laced yeah. with fentanyl, which is like, yeah, yeah, the six year old woman. I mean, to to be an addict and live to sixty is actually like mm-hmm. I, th- it sounds crazy to say, like impressive. But then it's like, yeah, there's all this other street shit, and we know people that die from fentanyl, and and people yeah. that you're like, oh, that they were it was just their birthday, and they're trying to have like a fun. It's 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 so heartbreaking. I I guess the silver lining of this is we do see the three sisters come together. Right. They release doves at the funeral. It, it seems like a very beautiful remembrance of Frankie, and, and you hope that the healing can begin.
1: Right, right. And you see at the end, you know, Keisha's back in the studio is how we end up, and we, you know, over an image of her, of her mother, you know, the real life mm-hmm. Frankie, and she's singing and singing a song that they had sang together earlier in the movie, and you just kind of see, you know, the extent to which it's like, Keisha's on a journey of healing and has to yeah. learn to, and as she said, learning to feel enough on her own, you know, mm-hmm. internally. And you're just like, and, and it's in and, oh my God. I yeah. It's like I just feel like I want to like set give Keisha Cole a hug. I want to send her a gift basket. I just want to be like, you are amazing. You never stop. Your work
0: and your trials and tribulations are seen. We should send her a pork chop and go, you know what, you should get to eat this damn pork chop. You don't need to wear it on your back anymore. But it really I do think <laughs> it I do think you he, it's why her music resonates with so many people because there is yeah. like true pain and, and healing and love. And because when she's singing that song about her mom, which also does have a line from the Reading Rainbow song, it's like butterfly in the sky. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> we're about to get the Reading Rainbow song. And then it was a different song. And I go, who yeah. stole what? Okay, (laughs) we need to get Marvin Gaye's family in here because they'll get to the bottom of anybody stealing any music. All right, (laughs) we thought this would be a a good time to do real hero, real villain, since this is a movie based on a real person. My Mm -hmm. real villain is drugs. I mean, just the way they can take away a life and the fractures that that has amongst an entire community of people mm-hmm. is so heartbreaking. Yes, 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 yes. I guess my, you know, real
1: villain, because I will say this didn't really give us a lot of bad people, so no. to speak. But I will say, you know, booby was villainous for me. Booby mm-hmm. was villainous because you can't be out here sleeping with people in your own, like, marital home leaving underwear and then trying to turn the tables on your wife? Well, you never talked to me. Oh, so that's why you had sex with somebody in our bed? And she
0: she couldn't even be bothered to put her panties on before she left? No, Booby, Villainous. Yeah. I don't think Booby ever won a championship, so he's been punished. Who is your real hero?
1: I mean, Keisha's my hero.
0: Yeah. Keisha's my hero.
1: Of course, the hero. So it's like not. It's like it is what the movie. Like I just think Keisha did not have a lot of support, and she really just kept doing
0: it. She just kept doing it, Megan. I know. I hope this movie was healing for her to make too. And Mm -hmm. and I and it seems like it's going to be such a success too. You know, I see the billboards everywhere. It's such a celebration of especially these black women who really have overcomes so much to be superstars, so I hope that gives her the hero's ending she deserves. I would like to also offer up Yvonne's husband. As a real hero. Mm-hmm. Now, do we know his name? No, but he was kind, and more importantly, yes. he saved the fourteen thousand dollar check, which set all of this in motion. So I say, now that's a hero. Absolutely,
1: for him to be like a check came for you because at this point, Yvonne had kicked Keisha out the house,
0: right? And he hid
1: it from Yvonne. He hid it from her because you know Yvonne would have said, "I earned that check, raising that girl."
0: Right? <laughs> and he said, "He said, Keisha, oh, this is for my you." Gosh, she would have bought so many Bibles. Oh, my God, you guys. Next week, we are
1: bringing you our final Black Music Month film, and it is Toni Braxton's Unbreak My Heart. Yes, this is a lifetime original that follows the Grammy Award-winning singer's journey from discovery to stardom, chronicling the measures that the artist took to make herself and her family whole again, and the path to becoming an inspiration to singers around the world. So mm, you can watch this with your existing Lifetime Movie Club subscription or start an account today by going to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash podcast and get a free seven-day trial. So you got options. And also while you're there, you might as well watch Tony and my favorite, Fallen Angels Murder Club. Oh, <laughs> okay? Remember, yes. Remember Tony from Fallen Angels.
0: I, I, to prep for this movie, I am going to be doing a lot of singing and crying in the shower as Miss Tony Braxton would want. Absolutely. All right, you guys. We'll see you next week unbreak our hearts.
1: I love a Lifetime movie. If you love Lifetime movies as much as we do, tune into Lifetime and LMN to watch all the new and classic movies that we can't get enough of. Check your local listings to find out what's airing on Lifetime and LMN because it just might be the movie we talk about next. And wait, there's more. Check out the new bomb Lifetime podcast, Crime of a Lifetime, where to Amazing hosts take you beyond the headlines of a crime, and they get into the nitty-gritty twists and turns of the story. Mm, That's my jam.
0: This podcast would not be possible if it was just Naomi and me, for sure. Absolutely not. I Love a Lifetime movie is produced by Aisha Jordan. With sound editing and mixing
1: by the Podglomerate.
0: Executive produced by Jesse Katz. With
1: original music by Blake
0: Maples. And hosted by... Naomi and Megan. You should know that by now. If you've gotten
1: to this point, you should know that we're the host, okay? <laughs>
0: I. It feels like we don't even need to say it, but we'll put ourselves in the credits.
1: Copyright 2023 A&E Television Networks, LLC.
0: All rights reserved.